You're listening to Both Sides of the Mask. Umpires getting together to talk what it's like on both sides of their mask. Creating a fun atmosphere for anyone who can relate to sports, life, and officiating. Welcome back, Both Sides of the Mask. Tony and I are back for another week of fun-filled information. I know you guys are just waiting at the edge of your seats, just waiting for us to get another recording in. We're trying our very best to be able to get those individual podcasts in, but you know, life happens, work happens, sports happen, horseback riding happens. So anyways, we're going to start off the week. We have a ton of topics that we want to get covered. Some big things happen with NCAA softball, uh, with the professional softball that's been going on for the last several weeks. That's been a big hit lately, especially with the athletes. There's just been some really good content that's been going on. Also, we want to hit up on our sponsors real quick before we get into our hot topics because we got a lot to talk about today, Tony. But we want to thank our sponsors. One, Move Period, Destiny Robinson and her team. They have been doing a great job getting a lot of those individuals back into into that motivation slash dedication phase that they really need to get into so we can stay in shape, stay active. And if you notice that they had like a youth camp, that was pretty cool. I hope they continue to do that and to inspire the youth and to stay active in our society so that we are healthy. Diamond Umpire Academy, their first camp is going to be launching starting, I believe it's next week. If I'm trying to get my weeks, no, I'm sorry, the following week, I'm getting my weeks mixed up. I, I got to try to keep up with all my stuff here, Tony, but Diamond Umpire Academy starts off in New Jersey. In two weeks, if you have not signed up, there's still time to get signed up. They still have openings. And if you want to check out their website and also on their Facebook page, diamondumpireacademy.com, Facebook Diamond Umpire Academy. And you can find out to see which camp would be best to fit your needs and for your career choices. Tom Davison Sports Recruiting Forum out of Pittsburgh. He has been a blessing in disguise for not only athletes that he has come in contact with, but also with my two daughters, my youngest daughter is going to probably hear soon get signed up with him so that way we can figure out which career path she's going to go with. If she plays two sports, we're just trying to see which avenue she's going to decide to favor here soon. Other than that, Tom Davis Sports Recruiting, uh, Recruiting Forum, he has helped so many thousands of athletes figure out what path that they want if they want to continue athletics at the collegiate level. And if you are a baseball player that is a possibly a prospect player that could get to the next level, he can actually help you, especially if you're working through the independent leagues as well. So... That is it for our sponsorships. Tony, how was your weekend? How's the family doing? What's going on? Yeah, so this weekend was an off-rodeo weekend. Last weekend, you talked about horse riding, but Isabella got bucked off of her young little gelding. He's five years old, and I think that he's going through some anxiety type of issues, and horses are prone to ulcers in their stomach, so we're treating him for that and assuming what it is. The horse chiropractor is coming out. Have you been to the chiropractor lately? We got one coming for the horse, but just check him out. See what's going on. It's out of character so far for him. So he had a lot of life changes that happened right in once a lot more trailering to and from rodeo sites. So just trying to figure it out with horses being a flight animal. doesn't seem uncommon for them, but it's a good weekend this weekend. Got some stuff moved around at my in-laws place and went and helped my mom with some things, cook some steak. September the 11th. Where were you? That's what happened this weekend. Kind of a mournful 
pipe and thinking back when it was, I was 19 years old and I had just gotten out of the shower and I'd actually went and called Amanda on the phone and I was standing there and watching the TV, watching the Today Show and saw the second plane hit the tower. It's crazy to think that it's been 20 years and how far we came as a nation and kind of back where we're at and the divide that we have between us and just not where we thought we would be at that time that we'd come together as a nation and stay there, but not. There's also a divide that I can bring this back together with what we have as officials and coaches and being approachable and that whole part of the game. But we'll get in that a little bit uh, later with some other things that we have going on. Don't want to get all of the podcast done here in 10 minutes, even though I'm at work and things are going on. But let's start, let's start somewhere else. The NCAA committee, tournament committee, we had a retiring that happened in it. And lo and behold, we've added two extra days to the Women's College World Series. That's an exciting time. There's been some talk about it, helping one pitcher teams. Eh, I don't think that's so much the case. JMU came in and they had one pitcher. They had another pitcher, but she, you know, tired out. Yes, I get it. That's that's part of it. It is a grueling pace. But why did she tire out? Was it possibly because they weren't getting to bed until four o'clock in the morning and then wake up at nine for COVID testing and getting five hours of sleep because we don't have extra days built in? Let's see. The baseball tournament is twice the length of the softball. And the format is what? Oh, the same. The same format, except for we smash ours into half the time. Okay, was it for the umpires? Let's look at the locker room situation. Have you ever been to Oklahoma City and called a gold tournament there? That's your locker room setup. Nothing different. Oh, but those comfy couches that they got to sit on with the recliners and, and have a nice place to sit for watching the games when they're on their off games didn't happen. You know those stairs that walk up the side of the hill that are dug into the side? That was the seats for the umpires. Thanks for being here. Thanks for your hard work for the season. Sit on this concrete. Oh, the couch that I mentioned wasn't there. You know the the fold-out chairs that you have? Oh, that's what you sat in? Well, how about the TV that you got to watch? So you could watch your partners working out there and celebrate in their victories. No. No. So congratulations to the softball world for getting two extra days. It's not as much as I think that we would want. But fill in for some rain issues. Fill in that maybe we don't have to play four games in a day every single day after the first day. So it's exciting to see that part of it. Liz, what do you what do you think about the two extra days? I know you were there and some things went went on that you had and teams were not getting done until after midnight. I think overall this is a positive move going forward, especially when all this equality talk that has been going on in the agenda for the last few years. And this is just a, a stepping stone that we needed for this sport. You know, I, I, I've heard some comments about like, you know, oh, it's, this is going to benefit the, the single pitcher uh, 
teams, give me a break. You know, I, I don't want to hear that because there were some teams that were there that have multiple pitchers in their pitching staff and they counted on one pitcher. And we saw that and it ended up failing. Uh, yeah, we're going to single out one team that did have a star pitcher, but, you know, they, they also come from a mid-major conference. And they did have all other pitchers. Their, their pitchers actually handled their business during the Super Regionals. If you guys actually were true fans and were watching the games through the Regionals and Super Regionals, that single team that, you know, we're singling out did have pitchers that helped them out when it came to the crucial time. So overall, I'm not going to get too too invested into this because I don't want to, you know, put my personal uh, feelings into it because it, it, yeah, this is not what that podcast is about. It's We try to be a little bit more, you know, open-minded about things, but I think it's more a stepping stone for the equality phase. Those athletes that were, that got to experience the one, we had a rain delay on the elimination day. So we had, I'm sorry. Yeah. On elimination day. And yeah, there was four rookie umpires that were doing those four games, but so we got the first two games out of the way. Then all of a sudden we have a rain delay and we still had to finish those two games that day. And if it wasn't, for those two umpires that were from the West Coast, I don't think any other umpire would be able to handle that time frame because they were in their time zone. Not to mention that last game, I think they didn't step off that field till after 2 a.m. in the morning. So by the time the team gathers all their gear, sees a trainer in case they're injured or if, they ha if they're diabetic or if they have any type of special nutritional needs or if they need to get like checked on with anything else that, you know, when it comes to their health, by the time they get out of that stadium in the field, and oh, oh not to mention there's laundry, um, hydration, food. They, so <laughs> let's, let's go down the laundry list of the things that they have to go through. And also the trainers that come with them. What are all the checklists that they have to go through? So by the time they get out of that stadium, they get onto the bus, it's probably 3 a.m. If that, they get back to the hotel, which is probably, we'll, we'll just be realistic, 4 a.m. So by the time they get settled in and by the time your brain is trying to settle down and try to go through all your, your meditation of just trying to calm everything down, it's probably about 5 a.m. in the morning. And Tony said about 9 a.m. for, for a COVID test. Okay, let's not, let's, let's just bring it up what time they probably had to wake up. And Patty Gasso brought up that they wear whoop wristbands. If you guys are unfamiliar with it, do some research on it. It's actually something a lot of the universities and colleges have invested into all their athletics for the athletes to wear so they can keep track of their heart rates. So they can control, you know, they can uh, keep track of like how their breathing patterns are, their sleep patterns, their blood sugar patterns. They want to make sure that these kids are, are healthy, they're safe, and they're keeping track of it because they don't want to be held accountable for something that they were negligent on. I mean, how many times have we seen where some football players have unfortunately passed because of the negligence of, hydration and heat exhaustion and all that. And that's a whole different topic. But think about it. Those kids probably had about two, three hours of maybe sleep, of maybe complete sleep. If they're anything like, like how I am or how my kids are, when there's a lot going on in their mind and they know they got to be up early, the sleep pattern is, is awful. So I don't want to hear that it's because, oh, these, the one pitcher teams are, are going to be able to succeed. Now, this isn't going to help them. It's 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 because of the umpires. No, that has nothing to do with us. It has nothing to do with the one pitching. Come on, think about the student athlete. If that if those were my two daughters out there and they got two hours of sleep, I know their body is not going to be one hundred percent functional. That just means they're going to be more prone to injury. That just means they're going to be exhausted. They're not going to be able to give one hundred percent. Why would you want to spend time watching a game or spend money to go watch this game and watch these kids end up? 
throwing errors, making mistakes, not 100%. I mean, who wants to pay that money to watch them not giving it 100%? That's just unfortunate. Let's, let's, let's be a little unselfish and think a little bit more out of the box on this part. You know, I, I've gone, and Antonio, I'm going to go through this little bit of a rampage here, but a lot of fans and spectators and even professionals give baseball players such a hard time about giving time off. They play 160 plus games a year. And they give these players a hard time if they take one day off because they need a mental break, health break, they need an injury break. I mean, think about how many months out of the year that they are grinding and they want one day off because they don't want to risk injury. Okay, so now we're giving these females a hard time because, well, they were able to play, you know, multiple games in one day during a tournament. Okay, that's cute. They weren't getting a scholarship during a tournament. They were doing this because they're trying to strive to the next level. You know, now, now we have the NIL and that's a whole nother topic we can get into, but now these kids are getting paid to, you know, for sponsorships and, 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 and other things. We want to make sure these kids are giving hundred percent. So why are we risking their health? Because they're females, but yet the baseball side, they have double the amount of time to play. Well, their games last longer. Well, maybe they need to change how their games last. How about that? All right, I'm done. I'm done with that rampage on that part. <laughs> Well, I know that they're longer than our games, but let's look when you and I first started in NCAA. Are our games the same time or are they longer than they were now? We could get games under two hours for a whole series. Now we're lucky if we can get games under two and a half hours. So we're already pushing that three hour mark again. So the time between us getting seven innings and them getting nine is getting closer and closer to three, three and a half hours for them, sometimes four if they get crazy. But some of these athletes go out there and this is maybe the only time that they get to play in the Women's College World Series. And you want their experience to be dead tired for the whole week because they weren't able to get the proper amount of rest. It's it's time, it's been time for it. So it's good to see that they took into account um, for them. So we'll see a new schedule at the Women's College World Series. The postseason, we will see new uniforms for all the umpires at the NCAA level. So that's going to be pretty sweet to see. You don't have to wear it during the regular season. We talked about it. You don't have to wear it during the regular season. If you want to wear option number two, you just put that number two on, you wear it. I noticed the panic button really calmed down with that too. Like everyone was in such a panic about got to buy new uniforms. Oh wait, a week later crickets. It's like, okay, you guys got yourself, you got your heart rate up. You got your, you got yourself all up into an uproar for something that you're not even talking about anymore. It's like, calm down. No, we're going to have to treat everybody for stomach ulcers, not just horses. (laughs) (laughs) I did talk to Marty and he's like, yeah, I had to shoot out that second email response from the soup site saying, Hey, let's, let's just calm our roll. Nobody has any uniforms yet. They will be here. Don't worry. They will be here. That's why we have option one and option two, but panic. All right. Panic. I want to talk about something that kind of came up yesterday for me, tutoring around the social media sites And game management kind of came up and a situation came up where a coach had a question 
for this umpire that posted this question. And there was some alarming responses on this post. And it was advocating not speaking to a coach because they were whining about balls and strikes. Well, the question was about a check swing. Does a check swing have to do with a ball or a strike? Sure. But does it question your strike zone? No. The coach asked a question, and it had to do with, did she break her wrist? Uh, sure, that's an indicator for us. There's a lot of indicators that we have. But did she make an attempt at the pitch? And so we can respond to the coach and we can respond quickly. Coach, I had an attempt at the swing. And by rule, that's a strike. Well, but she didn't break her wrist. Okay, that's fine. She might not have, but I still have her attempting at it. Give him an answer. Whether he's whining or not, that coach has your respect until he no longer deserves it. And how does he no longer deserve it? When he doesn't treat you with respect back. We have to respect each other. And I think some of the downfall of our umpires is the way that some umpires treat coaches and make that divide bigger and bigger and bigger by the way that you act on the field. The way that you act on the field is going to affect how I have that coach. They may play on field one, one game, and they come to my field on field two, and they're going to be all up in arms because the way that they were treated on field one for that game. There's no bigger way to lose respect on the field by not answering a simple question. The coaches have a right to understand. A lot of these coaches, especially at that level, have no idea about the rules. Hopefully we're educated enough that we can share rule book knowledge with them so we can help educate them. Do you feel like that's your job? Maybe you don't. Maybe your job is not to educate the rules to somebody else. I think you're sadly mistaken, especially other umpires, especially to the coaches that are out there trying to manage the game. Some of these travel ball coaches are getting paid. Some of them, most of them aren't. Liz, I know you're coaching again. That, that pay for your gas, that pay for your grocery bills. Oh, I wish it would, <laughs> especially with all the investment <laughs> I put in with my girl sports. Right. But. So we have a lot of volunteer coaches out there that are putting in time that also work a full-time job. And what do you expect out of them? If you can't give them the respect that they should deserve when you walk on the field, if they haven't done anything to you to be disrespectful, then you started it by not answering their questions. When I was reading that, that little dialogue that was going on, I, I was really surprised like that. I mean, and I shouldn't be surprised, to be honest with you. Let's just be real. There are a lot of umpires out there that still feel like, you know, their word is like the, the holy grail. It's like, you know, they're, once they, they determine like what their call is, that, that's the letter of the law. And instead of being a dictatorship, we should have that communication with the coaches so that way they can trust us. There was an individual in that communication dialogue that I really did like his response of stating, he's like, you know, we, we need to be trusted. You know, if we have the coaches trust, then it, it, it follows suit and it helps pave the way for the rest of the way that the game is going to be played. I 
actually got to experience, I mean, yesterday was our first uh, doubleheader that we had with Caitlin's squad, first year 14U. The umpire that was behind the plate, and mind you, the, the games that, and the leagues that they're playing, they only do a single umpire until they get into elimination, which is in a few weeks, but they're in a league just to get reps in. And the umpire actually was one of the umpires that I first started with, and he's still umpiring. He still does a lot of local stuff on the west side of PA, east side of Ohio. It was so good to see Rodney. I want to give a shout out to Rodney. He's such a great guy. And his poise, it, may be, it, it could be maybe he's older. Maybe he, maybe it's just a lack of hearing. Like, but like the coaching staff on the other side, it just felt like they were so inquisitive when it comes to, and I have experience with the coaching staff on the other side. They just aren't very aware of like what's going on in the field. But he, he handled himself very well. He made sure that he answered the questions, but he kept it short. And if you're having a hard time with a coach that's, questioning, like if you think it's questioning judgment, just tell the coach, hey, look, in my judgment, you can use that if you want or get better with your verbiage and say, coach, I understand what you saw, but an attempt is a called strike. So that's what I had. It is a judgment call. I mean, just keep it short and simple. It's not questioning your strike zone. Questioning your strike zone, that, that's a whole different conversation that's a whole different demeanor when it comes out. I mean, if you're calling strikes that are above the eyelids, okay, that's a little different. But a check swing and a coach comes down like, well, it didn't break a wrist. Coach, I understand. But with what I saw or in my judgment or just say an attempt is a called strike. Keep it short. Keep it simple and have that dialogue with that coach. There's nothing wrong with that. Right, right. So, well, you know, he came out and he asked the question. And he's mm -hmm. not questioning your judgment. He's questioning why you called it. And then you give your response of why you called it. Now, if we go further past that, now we start to question judgment of why I said it was an attempted swing. Then you shut it down from there. And I would almost guarantee that coach is going to come to you between half innings. Are you going to run to your spot and run away from him? Or are you going to have a dialogue with him there? I can tell you what I'm going to do. I can almost guarantee what Liz is going to do. And most of the umpires that are worth or salt are going to talk to that coach and explain why it is and explain what the rule book says and educate them. Do you know how much you've grown as an umpire and as a trusted source for that coach? Now move that to the coach is showing you trust and showing you respect. Guess what his fans and parents on the outside of the fence are going to be doing because he's not questioning you. Oh yeah, they're probably not going to question you as well. They might because some of them are knuckleheads all the time. I can vouch for myself that I am, <laughs> but they are going to trust you a little bit more. And each time that we go that he doesn't question you, oh, we had some really good umpires this game. They, they explain what was going on. And does your team have a huddle after the game and explain things that happen on during the game and maybe a ruling that an umpire shared? Maybe yours does. Maybe they don't. I don't know. I know what we did, but let's respect the game by respecting each other until you prove to me that you don't deserve that respect by the way that you treat other individuals involved in the game. I don't know. It's just, it was a, a pressing time for me. And it, sometimes it's hard for me to hold my tongue most of the time. Yeah. You know, and, and I understand that we're still young in this game, Tony, because we've only been doing it for so long. But we also have been very successful in the short time that we have been doing this. So let's let's get that into this conversation. 
So if you're going to be that hard-headed, pound-your-chest type of umpire, and that's what I do see a lot, especially at the youth level, take a look at yourself in the mirror and, and ask, your, ask a question why you're at that level. You know, don't, I, I hear so many be like, well, you know, I, I, I would do this, but, you know, it's just too political when we go to this, you know, federation or this organization. No, that's maybe check yourself. Take a look at yourself in the mirror. Look how, you know, listen to how you communicate with other coaches or other umpires. Are you abrasive? Do you pass on the opportunity to be able to communicate with a coach? Is, are coaches aggressive towards you? Maybe listen to yourself or like give yourself a, a real good perspective of like how you are towards the coaches as well. A lot of it carries on how you act and how you respond. So and those are just some things that, you know, I, I notice. We're actually, Tony, we're going to be, facing a team in the next uh, few weeks that's very abrasive towards coaches. And I'm really not looking forward to playing against this certain team because this team uh, had two coaches in one game get ejected in an indoor tournament, big time indoor tournament that didn't mean anything. <laughs> and I, I was late to the game to be able to video record it because I wanted to send it to our buddies at Offsides. If you guys are unfamiliar yeah. with Offsides on Facebook, I absolutely love this guy. He's a big time Federation soccer official that does uh, a lot of pro league. And I believe he does some international. I don't think he's done like the Olympics or the FIFA, but he's like right up in those, those professional areas. Like I know he's done some U19 stuff, but this guy is amazing. He's from the Oklahoma area. I'm almost positive. And just the community that he has created. If you have not, if you're not familiar with what, who I'm talking about, check him out at offsides on Facebook he exposes fans, spectators, and coaches that are out of line that have caused some illegal actions when it comes to attacking officials and helping us to protect our officials out there and helping with the states to mandate that any officials that are getting attacked, that is going to become a, a. Yeah, usually a misdemeanor. There we go. Thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. But I know that Ohio is working on this right now. I know Michigan has been working on this, but there's a ton of states. Minnesota passed it, I believe. They're one of the, the lucky states, and it's just so on and so on. And a lot of states have, I believe 13 states have mandated this, considered a misdemeanor if, if an official has been attacked. So let's keep this pushing. Offsides, check them out on Facebook. You know, and he doesn't only hold it to coaches. There was a few umpires this summer that, well, officials that got out of line. There was one that brought a gun onto the field. He went to his truck got a gun and then came back out to the field. Like you made the hard part. You went to your truck, get in it, turn it on and just leave. And I think that's where it comes to some of these umpires that are there that are just so jaded to all the abuse that we've taken for so long and always expecting a coach to be disrespectful and just jaded to that mindset and treating what the last game did and bringing it to this. Each game is a new game. It resets. There's a reset. We may have an issue in game one and a coach might get ejected. And I had a on-site administrator ask me one time, I was like, are you okay if the coach comes back out for game number two? I don't care. That coach's team, that's what's supposed to be happening. Make sure it's all right within the conference that he's allowed to come back out. Here's what it says in our handbook. You might want to call the commissioner and make sure it's okay for them to come back and make sure that being ejected for the second time in a year 
that he doesn't have to sit out a game or she has to sit out a game, but it resets. I don't treat them any different than I did at the start of game one that I would at the game two. And I know that you are the same way. So offsides is a great place. And I do want to say most of the time it is parents and coaches that are being, uh, you can pick your own word for it, but there's also <laughs> umpires and other officials that he has called out that do wrong as well. So let's continue to close the gap between that and educate the coaches where they need to be educated, educate the fans where it needs to be done. I know when we are training new umpires at a youth level here, we talk about, you know, don't talk to the fans, leave what's outside the fence, outside the fence. But at some point you become comfortable with being on the field and your verbiage and the way that you communicate, man, am I at the youth level? I don't have a problem talking to the fans outside the fence and usually we'll laugh and have a good time. And they may be upset. I just called their kid out. Little Johnny, little Susie got out, but we can still laugh about it. Oh, what did you see? Why did you move? And I was like, I'm going to tell the story. And it was one time when I knew that I had been calling too many youth games because I was that jaded umpire. A play comes in, kid slides at the plate, catcher misses the tag, and I call the kid safe. And we're going to call the catcher Mike. I have no idea what his name was. This coach comes out of the dugout. He's like, Mike, Mike, did you tag him? Did you tag him? And I'm looking at the kid because he's sitting on top of the plate where he tried to dive and tag this offensive player. And he's shaking his head no. Mike, did you tag him? Did you tag him? And he's shaking his head no. And so I, he gets up and I, you know, you know, good effort, good effort. Sweep off the plate and I come up and he's blue, blue. Why, why is he safe? Did he tag him? And I said, coach, you ask Mike three times and he shook his head. No, you have your answer. I put my mask back on and we went to playing. Well, you don't have to be an ass about it. <laughs> I'm like, what the heck? You just asked the kid three times, right? Like you just asked the kid three times and he told you, you no, know, why is my answer going to be different? Oh, <laughs> that was just so funny. So Tony, have you been catching up with Athletes Unlimited? Have you been watching any? Because I know I, I'm guilty of it, even though I'm umpiring this coming weekend. I have been guilty of not keeping up with Athletes Unlimited. I've been seeing some Twitter stuff when I've been logging on especially with Caitlin's team PA because I'm in charge of their Twitter account. But have you seen any games? Have you been watching? It's been tough this year. It's been really tough this year. You can't figure out where they are. They post on their weekend Facebook page. It's like, hey, this game's going to be on Facebook. And then this one's on FS1 or this one's on FS2. And it's like, I've got to keep a schedule to keep a schedule to try to figure out where to watch the game. So that's kind of been frustrating for me. But I have put on my Oculus Quest 2 a couple times and watch it in the venues. So I'm looking at a big, big screen there and just watching the people that come into the room and watch it. Just other people from around the world coming in and watching this game. It's been fun to watch some of it, but I haven't watched it as much as I did the year before. There's a lot more going on. There's a lot more rodeos going on. So I'm spending a lot of time at rodeos. And when I'm not there, I am checking it out. Nice to see some new faces in Athletes Unlimited this year as far as players and also officials that are there. Um, I know there's some other things that are going on. Instant replay, which we're bringing in. It's going to be exciting to see some plays that have been overturned and 
how the umpire fights back when that does happen and fight back. I mean, emotionally fight back of getting through that. And I think it's a good point for us to speak about the mental aspect of the game. When you do have a call overturned, do you let it defeat you or do you fight through it and move to the next level? Speaking of that, you know, I had a call overturned in the ACC tournament, you know, and it's just because I was, I ended up positioning myself a little too far, a little over the edge that I needed to be at third base. And when I knew they challenged it, I, I set my mind, say, okay, if I get this overturned, I got to hold my composure. I got to hold my composure and not let it affect me in the game. And it got overturned. I was wrong. And the coach is like, she's like, oh, I'm so glad we got that overturned. And I was like, I go, I, I'm sorry if I overtracked that. I said, that that's on me. And she's like, well, you get one. <laughs> like, but that, that coach and I have a good relationship. So like I could get away with saying that to her. And so we were talking a little bit more, and I'm not going to discuss like some of the things that we were talking about, but when you have a call that's overturned, you have to be able to swallow that pill. And think about like with the football officials, with their calls getting overturned. Think about even in rugby, rugby, they actually do live, live uh, feed where they will actually stop a play in the middle of a a feed, like of a, of in the game. And they'll revert back if they do see that something was missed, whether if it was, uh, and don't quote me, I don't know like all the rules, but I did, I do remember seeing like there was an offsides and there was also uh, a misjudgment of, uh, of possession and they actually stopped it in live play and they revert back. So it was kind of neat. And this was a couple of years ago and I was watching it, but it, it, there was, there's been some calls that have been overturned. There's been some calls that have been phenomenal. There was one on Twitter that I saw and there was uh, athletes unlimited. They, they posted it. Okay. It's that time of year again. Was she safe or was she out? And I believe it was Craig Hyde. At, at, he was making the call at the steal at second in the, in the route, rotated position. And in real time, it looked like he missed it because the way she slid. But in slow motion, he was in the right position. He wasn't on the, uh, on the alternative position that Tony and I discussed that we don't like on the third base side. So Tag was right on her mask right before she slid into the base. And it was the right call. It was the right call. So like, like I said, I mean, we just have to be able to be accountable for one another. Just accept that we are human and we are going to make mistakes. We are going to overtrack. And it's coming. Right. It is definitely coming. Well, and seeing the video and going and changing what you're doing and not just accepting that I'm in the right spot and I just made a bad judgment. Fully evaluate yourself. What did I do to make myself miss it? Maybe it is that case where you just had a bad judgment on that play and something got into your brain or you just just flaked out on it. And I don't think that it's, we don't like the position. I just see a lot more negatives to U3 rotated in one position and U3 rotated starting in another position. There's good aspects of both, but I feel there's a lot more negative aspects or things to overcome in one of the other starting positions. And I'm going to point out something that happened that Liz talked about. She missed a call. The coach came and talked to her didn't question her judgment, didn't ask about anything that was going on. And they had a dialogue. Yes, they had a conversation between it and the respect that that coach had for you and the situation for you to communicate with her. If you would have shut down and you wouldn't say anything, coach, we're not talking about that play. Coach, we're not talking about that play. Okay. One, you had your call overturned and two, you're being salty about it. Not going to shine a very good light in that aspect. I can admit that I'm wrong. I can commit that, that I'm, that I'm human. 
that I'm going to make mistakes and the respect that the coach is going to gain for you as an umpire by admitting it and having a conversation with it is so much greater than shutting them off or banishing them out of your conversation because you shouldn't be questioning about my judgment calls. Whatever. So I'm glad we got to touch base a little bit on the Athletes Unlimited. You can get some positive, uh, just some positive dialogue on that. Because, you know, I, we always seem to like whenever our sport is singled out, you know, when there's nothing else going on. And what I mean by singled out is like when postseason comes around, it just seems like all the all the armchair quarterback umpires come out. And same thing with Athletes Unlimited. I mean, we I've received text messages or phone calls from colleagues and they're just like, oh, did you see this play? Oh my gosh, did you see it was overturned? Oh my gosh, why, why was this done? It's like, okay, put yourself in that position. Would you want to have that conversation? I know like when I'm there, you know, I'm not going to be perfect. I'm going to be a little, I don't want to say rusty, but I'm probably going to make mistakes. And I even told one of our friends, Tony, that I said, I go, I expect to hear all the negative feedback if I make a mistake. I want to hear from you first. <laughs> and he thought it was funny, but. So, but go along with a lot of the changes. I know like, you know, we talked about instant replay is going to be, I'm sorry, replay is going to be in our rule book this year, but also like with the conferences. So we had the change of the verbiage of conferences in our rule book this coming year. There's player conferences of how many we can uh, allow them. Same thing with like coaches. I believe, what is it? Seven conferences we're allowing the players. Am I, did I read that right? I don't have it in front of me. It's probably really terrible of me. All right, let's let me read through this new conferences rule for all games, media or non-media. Number one, to allow each team seven charge team representative to player conferences for regulation game with a maximum of one per half inning and an additional defensive conference is allowed for a pitching change that a pitcher has not already pitched in the half inning, which will count towards the one of the seven allowable conferences. So I guess in the first inning, if you have eight pitchers come in, you can use all your conferences in one inning. Number two, to allow each team seven charged player-to-player conferences per regulation game with a maximum of two per half inning. Each team is allowed one charged team representative to player conference and one charged player-to-player conference per half inning of each extra inning. Any remaining conferences from regulation do not carry over into extra innings. Liz, you got the effect on that? I don't even have it up. (laughs) Let's look at the effect and the rationale. The team representatives or players who initiate an unallowed conference shall be immediately ejected, which is going to be an administration ejection. We talked about the pace of play and how long our games have gotten. So the rationale to improve the pace and flow of the game by limiting the number of conferences. Oh, yeah, but there is a change that if the time between innings is longer for commercials we will go with whatever the commercial break is so it's a five minute commercial break which hopefully wouldn't happen then we got to go with that so i'm not really sure how this is going to speed up the game because i can think of one game in the past two years that i've had that i've gone to six conferences player to player conferences i've never tracked so i can't feel like there's been that many usually if a player goes out it's pretty quick and those conferences, at least for me, I keep shorter than what a coach would go out. Usually pretty quick. I let them get up there and then I will start my walk once they kind of start talking and then I'll go and break it up. And usually by the time you get up there, they're ready to go. And you took all of 20 seconds. 
Yeah, and it's it's all about game management, you know. So like that umpire that we had yesterday at at our doubleheader, and like I said, we I said earlier in this conversation that we've worked together before. We actually almost started at the same time in the uh, the PAC conference, not the PAC twelve. Let's not get too excited there. But when I started my D three experience, but he asked me in between innings one you know during the games, and he's like, he's like, so when would you consider a player conference? And so I go, well, give me a, give me an example. He's like, well. You know, if, if that player comes in and they're getting close to the circle and they're saying something to the pitcher, when would you consider it a conference? I said, well, did it delay the game? Did it impede the opportunity for the batter to get into the box? Did it impede where the pitcher was delaying it? I mean, what's what are we asking here? Because his confusion was, well, do we dictate on like how close they get to the circle? And I'm like, there's no like line in the sand that we're going to dictate that. So I just kindly replied. I said, I go, if there's a delay and they're causing that conversation to delay for them to get that next pitch going. Okay. Now we have, you know, that's where we have to get our game management skills involved. We see something like, okay, let's go, let's go. You know, we have to be able to control that. But if they're not listening, if they start a conversation with the pitcher, like say the shortstop comes in and they want to say some kind words to the pitcher when they just had something happen and they're not listening or they don't decide to depart from who they're talking to, and they're continuing to have that conversation. Okay, that's where we have the effect that comes into that play. But we shouldn't have to, you know, come come to that conclusion. Hopefully, the coaches are educating the players that you know that we're not going to have that dead period of time where they're allowed to impede the, the 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 battery to continue. And we just have to be smart about it. And then you know, if we have coaches that come out, you know, there's been some many coaches. I've been through that experience where the coaches have taken a very long time in their conference and they choose to not listen or hear, or they, I've actually had a coach tell me she's not coaching in the SEC anymore, but she has told me, she was, Oh, I didn't even hear you. And I was like, uh, I'm standing right next to you. So I know you heard me. <laughs> I'm like, so, but it's all <laughs> right. So it's right. all about the game management. But one of those things, Liz, that we talk about though, is in this rule, we talk about how many they can have, but we don't put a specific time on how long that's going to last. Now that we have garnered them into seven a game, we're going to be pushing to not have those exorbitant amount of times being had by the coach going out there and having that conversation. So I know our game management is going to change in that aspect. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. I mean, just don't be a dictator about it. Don't be like, oh, she, don't she, what, she walked into the circle. That's a conference. <laughs> let's, let's calm yourself down. Hold the fire. Just be smart about it. Know your game management. Control it. Talk to the catcher. Be like, like, hey, next time you have, you're in the circle with them, just talk. We can't have that delay of game. Control it through the system. Can even talk with the coaches in between the innings if you have to. Have, build that relationship. Build that rapport. Yeah, if they're throwing the ball around and the third baseman brings the ball back to the pitcher and they high five and say, good job, that's not a conference. Just <laughs> in case you were wondering. Just yeah, just uh you're wondering. Um we've had that experience a couple of years ago, Tony. Let's let's not get it. Um, don't get your feet up on that one. <laughs> right. Well, I think we covered a little, quite a few things this morning, hit on some topics, talked about some things, and I know we want to keep on getting consistent with it. So I think that next week we are going to have power chats. Maybe we will put them together into one so it makes it a 30-minute episode, 15 each, or maybe we'll just have two episodes that are 15. So if you like listening to Liz, you can listen to her and ignore me. Or if you don't like listening to either of our power chats, then you can skip them both. No, <laughs> please come back. You're right. You're right. 
<laughs> no, we need to have, uh, I think we need to get a guest on here, but I think with as much time as we try to have scheduling just to get our podcast done, getting a guest in here is just going to be even crazier. We'll get there. I mean, with, with the things that have gone on with the summer, with people with vacations, you know, if they have children, you know, the kids start, started school in the last several weeks. I know with my kids, you know, all their sporting events have continued. Bowling's coming up there, Tony. Bowling season's coming. <laughs> Um, that's, that's new for me. Last year was new, but anyways, but we really do uh, appreciate all the continued support. We love the feedback that everyone's been giving. I love that Tony's still advocating out there when he's communicating with on the Facebook pages and, uh, going through those little rebuttals and communications with other umpires that are a little out of line, but keep pushing our, our, our podcast. I actually, when that, that one coach that we coached against yesterday came up and said, he's still listening. He still loves our conversations. It, Gives them another perspective of like how our world works. So it's it's been a lot of fun, but we're gonna we're gonna get this uh, closed out. I know Tony, you're just now clocking in to work. Tony's a he he's a workhorse man, trying to get work done while he's uh, doing this recording. But other than that, um, Tony, if you want to close things out, do your usual. Everyone enjoy your week. I'm gonna I'm gonna try to get this uh, the short podcast in with my power chat in this week. I didn't get a chance to get in this weekend, so I'm going to get that in. But Tony, close it out. Enjoy your week, and we'll talk soon. Yeah, thanks, everybody, for joining us. It's been great. Uh, I do I do push it out there, and I do communicate, because Liz and I think about this game differently, and I think that's where the game is starting to go. You can see it with the new uniforms, the new way of thinking. All of this new stuff is happening. Get in and embrace it. Some of it, most of it, is our opinion, but we try to touch on what the rule is what the things are, what the mechanics are, and what our thought process is to get there. There's a lot of gray area in umpiring. And when I was coming up, this is something that I wish that we would have had that we didn't. So that's what we're trying to give back to you is what we are hearing. We get to communicate with coordinators different than a new umpire may. And we'll hit on that and we'll talk to a coordinator and talk about balancing your schedule between all the coordinators and filling out their sheets and how that even works out. Communication. But you guys get out there. Have a great week. Have a great weekend if you're headed to tournament this weekend. And when you're out there, be excellent. 